What's up, ghoul kids? Welcome back to another episode of the Ghoulish Gallery with your hosts, me, Tasha, and Journey, who has already, of course, gotten involved. And each week, I have a guest from a different location here to tell us about their local spooks, haunted places, cryptids, urban legends, etc. And this week, we have horror author Brenda, and I didn't even think to ask before we started, Tolian? Yeah, you got oh, it. Yes. Lots of people messed up. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And I know there has been talk of New Orleans and mm-hmm. some mention of Colorado. Well, I just moved to New Orleans, so I don't know, other than vampires and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess there's the Lugaru. Lugaru, I think it's called. Lugaru. Um, oh, the, the version of the werewolf. Yeah, yeah. There's it's, that too. I think I, there's like a swamp thing too, but um, I can't think of what it's called. I couldn't tell you. Trying to remember because I I like soak up those documentaries like they're nothing. Is it the swamp ape that's down that way? Oh yeah, I think that's right. It has a name too. Or but... skunk ape or something like that. Yeah. Not something smelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, if you're down here and you if it's been a few days without rain, it, everything kind of smells like it's dead. So. <laughs> right it's weird that hygiene isn't a bigger priority in the middle of the swamp when you're trying to stay hidden yeah strange so you are an author i actually read your story in 101 proof horror oh cool today black gold and that was fantastic that was probably one of the most gruesome mental images (laughs) i've had in quite some time that was i loved it yeah, that was um, actually one of the first stories I put out um, in that 101 um, anthology, which was huh. big. It was a big anthology with lots of wonderful it, writers and stuff. Yeah, I need to, because uh, I scrolled through to find yours. I need to go back and read through the other ones because I was like, man, this is a really sizable anthology for me to still be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. <laughs> yeah, they actually, if you go, it's um, Haunted MTL, which is Montreal for Canada. Oh, okay. Um, and stuff. Um, if you go there, they actually have um, lots and lots of stories on there that you can kind of, you know, just read to your heart's content. They have a lot of uh, short flash pieces, which I find fascinating to be able to scare somebody in like two paragraphs like and stuff so yeah they're pretty cool it it took me a little while I'm kind of embarrassed to get to where I appreciated short stories as much Mm -hmm. as I do now so I was like eh you know how much can you do in a short story and then I actually started reading them and I was like you can do a lot in a short story (laughs) so oh yeah there's another um well he's kind of one of the biggies now um Stephen Graham Jones Mm. um he has if you look um online he has a lot available and he's like I, you know he writes novels like all the time he whips them out really fast but um but he has some great short stories that are so creepy um out there you know um online that you can just find and stuff so might check that guy out too he's awesome i'll have to look those up too i know i have a couple of his novels on my tbr um, oh yeah but that is also like 500 books long at this point so <laughs> yeah I know, I like, know. Oh, it's, me... it's becoming my wall back there <laughs> I get it <laughs> yeah I've gotten to where I started saving pictures or taking screenshots of books that I saw on Twitter that I wanted to mm-hmm. add 
And then oh, yeah. when I realize that I've got way too many screenshots on my phone, I go through and sit down with Goodreads and just mm-hmm. add everything in. And then it jumps like 150 books and I cringe a little bit. <laughs> That's a good idea though. It's It's been idea. handy because otherwise I just, I don't remember to do it. I don't remember anything. It's, it's a miracle I remember to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. All right, what do you have up first for us? Um, well, I mean, uh, so I wrote Blood Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out in June. And it's kind of full of a lot of different kinds of monsters. I would say a lot of them are based off of um, the San Luis Valley, which is, it's a valley um, north of Taos in New Mexico so it's in Colorado and it mm. spans kind of if you if you were to look at a map it's like it's like this shape you know with the San Juans on one side and the Sangre de Cristos on the other and then the valley is just flat and it's one of the highest mountain valleys um, I think in all the continental U.S. that's inhabited all the time you know Mm -hmm. there's town alamo so there's a lot of little towns and a lot of history it goes way way back um and so of course because you have the indigenous uh people who hold the place you know sacred or it was homeland or you know just different kinds of things um the navajo who held um different mountains specific mountains as sacred um so you get a lot of stories you know out of that Mm-hmm. um you get you know like the for instance the skinwalker you know um and that was definitely something to kind of play around with I don't think I have this specifically exactly a skinwalker mm-hmm. but there's um attributes of the skinwalker that I used um there's also stories of cannibals mm-hmm. like what was his name is that uh Alfred Pritchard I think it was Alfred Pritchard um, in the San Juans, who actually, um, he came down out of the mountains and he had something like five wallets on him. And this is like the 1870s or something like that. Or I don't remember the specific date. So it's like the 1870s, 1880s. Mm-hmm. And he went into the town of, I think it was Sawatch. And he went to the whatever bar saloon was there you know, went to pay and he had these five different wallets and they're like, what's going on here? You know, and stuff. That's and then, <laughs> yeah. And then they figure out that, um, those wallets were from his fellow. They had been, um, up in the mountains, you know, um, digging for, for gold. And, um, well, it was winter and whatnot, you know, and you run out of food and then you get hungry and, you know, you eat your team, I guess. <laughs> and stuff so um so it was discovered that he did that the weird thing is is that um he was put in a jail but he managed to escape Mm. so you know before the judge could get there and do anything and he took off and then I forget it was like 10 years later or something like that he was discovered in like one of the northern territories or one of the northern states like Wyoming or Montana or something like that and he had opened up a place of business and guess what it was don't tell me it was a butcher shop it was a restaurant oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he's kind of famous there um 
they're in the San Juans. Um, I'll have to look that one up because I'm, I've always been a true crime fan. Horror, I kind of came into a little bit later mm-hmm. in life. So, yeah, I I eat that. Well, no pun intended. I eat that stuff right <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, there was that. Um, the San Luis Valley is also known for being a hot spot for like UFOs and stuff like that. Hmm. and um uh what was it um oh the horse so there was the horse is her name nelly i don't even remember there was a horse that was found there in the valley and you know they thought like chupacabra or ufo or you know aliens of some sort had gotten a hold of it and somebody else totally could tell this story better than me because i don't remember i want to say I don't remember what the horse's name was. So it's like a cattle mutilation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not the first one, you know, well, it was, I think technically the first one, but it wasn't the last one. And mm-hmm. there has been um, all different kinds of crazy sightings and stuff like that. Um, Vice News actually did a special on the Valley um, because of the crazy craziness, you know, the uptick of, ufos that were seen even by like you know pretty pretty straight laced cops and stuff you know or like oh Mm. i saw this over here and everything and then of course you might even remember this this was was this last year year before there was the um what did she call herself the mother the mother the mother goddess or something like that it was a she was a mummified body found she was all like glittery. They had popped out her eyes. She had like, um, they used uh, like a Christmas light to decorate her and had been worshiping her mother, mother God or something like that. How did I um, miss that one? <laughs> yeah, she there. The cult actually tried to get into Hawaii and Hawaii had already heard about him. We're like, nope, we, we don't want you and stuff. <laughs> and so anyway, um, they think she died in California, but they think her followers like brought her body back, you know. And actually, when I saw that, because of my experiences there and with some of the crazy cults and stuff that pop up there, I was just like, oh, that's uh, pretty standard, you know. That's pretty weird, but you know, people get people just get really strange when they're cut off from from society especially in mountain towns and stuff they just um you know the law isn't the same and a lot you know civilization isn't the same and a lot of times they're trying to get away from civilization yeah live the way that they want to so you know weird weird stuff weird stuff goes down (laughs) I can definitely like so my my first drive cross country was in 2015 Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually ended up going back and forth three times that year. So I got to see, you know, the deserts and up in the mountains, like real mountains for the first time. And it is crazy just how isolated it feels and mm-hmm. how easy, how easy it is to imagine, you know, if you're lost out there, you just start seeing things and hearing things and wondering about everything that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially like in that situation, like they had a, 
they've had a lot of uh, like disappearances and stuff like that. If you followed um, true crime stuff, chances are you, maybe you followed um, Up and Vanished. Have you ever heard of that podcast? Um, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. So there's like Up and Vanished and it's like season two that deals with one, only one of the victims that's missing, you know, that's never been found. Uh-huh. and stuff and there, there's a lot of others you know there's actually a whole like uh facebook group for missing people from the valley because it happens oh, wow. too often um and um i was trying to think of uh there's even the ufo watchtower there oh, um okay. where you can go and um yeah there's the whole um the watchtower you can go there and I never actually, all those years that I lived there, I never went there. Um, like the opposite of a whale watching tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the lady who runs it is really neat from what I understand. But um, but yeah, I... I've I seen, um, what's it called? Missing 411 on Hulu. Okay. Where they talk a lot about, you know, people who go, dis- uh, people who go disappearing, people who go mm-hmm. missing from yeah. national parks and mm-hmm. well the great sand dunes national park is there okay that, that ties into it but, yeah but yeah. um it's scary but, like you know they just kind of poof there's no you know even if they're out five minutes after their last scene looking for them they're just gone yeah yeah and especially in the san luis valley is just so it's very it's a very haunting beautiful like stark beauty about it like it's it's gorgeous there's there's really nowhere on earth that is that you could ever imagine it looking this this beautiful but it also in that beauty it it'll kill you real fast too you know if you don't have water <laughs> if, if you don't have you know proper protection like from the sun and stuff or if a rainstorm comes through you know great big dust uh, storms will build up out of the san juans and it'll just be a wall of orange, you know, oh. and it'll just engulf you and people get into crashes and stuff because you can't see nothing, you know. I remember seeing signs. I want to say it was New Mexico or Arizona where they actually had signs up by the interstate about, you know, sandstorms or dust storms and stuff like that to pull yeah. over in, in the event that it happens. Mm-hmm. And there's like that part of you that's like, man, I wonder what it would be like to experience that. And then on the other hand, you're like, no, that's, I'll just keep wondering and I'm okay without actually having to go through yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. And I've had like, um, you know, other things, um, just like my students, my students give me a lot of different ideas that I had there, you know, like, well, miss, you know, we are out, you know, walking and we saw this thing up, you know, up on the, up on the mountain and we turned around and it was gone and, you know, and different ideas of being like a skinwalker or, um, an owl, an owl meaning death, you know, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that comes from the, I, I would say like the combined indigenous and Hispanic beliefs, you know, that Mm -hmm. are really prevalent there. Um, but, you know, like some, some of the things like that are in my book and everything, and I'll totally murder this, but it's, um, it's Estan Aluhi, Estan Aluhi. 
and it's um and I know I'm saying that wrong it's a Navajo word and I'm totally killing it and I apologize <laughs> to anyone on anyone of the Diné who are listening and hear me saying that um but it's a the woman who changes and um I actually w- talk about like a white guy it's like the 1860s or something a white guy coming across her as she's like dying because she dies to be reborn and she ages in my in my story she ages really fast and dies and is reborn Mm. and um but how because he was a white man and not understanding the culture or the gods of the valley him mistaking it for horror like a lot of things that that are outside our experience are you know might seem horrific to us but it's only because we don't understand them in a cultural way or you know yeah and so I explore some of those things because um unfortunately when you have a place that has like a high indigenous population and whatnot um there there also tends to be like a white aspect that likes to appropriate things yeah you know like I'm here to worship the mountain, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're mixing up, I don't know, Norse, Norse mythology with with what they perceive as being Navajo, you know, Diné um, practices and stuff. And it's just, it gets, it gets really weird. It gets really, really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, um, but a lot of the monsters that I talk about, like I do talk about Wendigos, but they aren't really, Wendigos aren't really like a valley thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I utilize them. I don't think I even call them Wendigos, but it's just kind of like the idea of, of man being so hungry to take from the earth, like to dig in the earth and take out her gold and cut down the woods and, you know, like an ecological kind of horror kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and how like, consumption how we almost become like maybe not cannibals but there's that never-ending hunger of greed you know um that that definitely was and still is a huge problem um in that valley because now for instance all the water you know where is it going it's not going to the ranchers and people that have been there for a long time it's going to you know, Texas and California and, and Arizona and stuff, you know, it's, it's sad to watch the, the water in your own rivers just be drained off for other people to have nice lawns, you know, while your cattle and, and crops are dying, you know, and stuff. Yeah. Your livelihood. Yeah. So I think, um, I think sometimes those stories, like the stories of cryptids and stuff like that also come out of this, like, need for justice that you're not necessarily gonna get you know yeah and stuff I I absolutely love any story that has that concept in it of one way or another earth getting her revenge whether it's Mm -hmm. through some kind of creature or through nature itself um I mean I I love history and one of my favorite podcasts it's it's comedy but it's every story that you know we learn in school but we get you know the whitewashed version of it you know we get the version that makes us sound like heroes when Mm -hmm. you know really we came in and just devastate everything we touch Mm -hmm. so that the idea that there's some kind of revenge 
that comes back from that just makes me feel good (laughs) yeah and like in my um in the blood mountain book it's almost like it's a composite novel so it has a bunch of short stories and they're all kind of interconnected but the interconnectedness is about the blood mountain Mm -hmm. so I make the mountain actually like a character like almost like a primordial goddess you know who is you know experiencing people taking and taking and taking and conquest and and claiming her land which is her skin you know and stuff and so she kind of just excuse like puts her power out there and kind of takes and twists what's already sickness in a man you Mm -hmm. know in some cases women too but (laughs) but primarily I'm talking about that that uh patriarchal need to conquer and stuff like that and I have her like you know she'll turn this guy into basically a windigo kind of character Uh you know um she'll allow another one to um he will turn into a monster that is like basically made up of his most basic instincts that he was acting on like one character ends up killing his wife and children and he's not really like realizing he's doing that you know like well he knows he did it but he's just not he's like disconnected from it Mm because you know and then he gets stuck in the woods and he's being tracked by this this uh like a mountain ram but it's walking on its on its back legs you know and all he can see are the horns and stuff Mm. and this thing is following him and everything and it's really just a reflection of himself stalking himself you know that's deep I like that and um and then there's like other stories of like you know like when for instance there are cults you know especially in the um well I don't know where they're all located in the valley but there are cults that that exist there and stuff and I wonder about children who get pulled into those without having a say mm-hmm. you know like the children who were found in the house with the mother of God mummy, you know, it's like, they didn't have a choice to be there. What does that mean for children? You know, they get pulled into places like that. And how to completely restructure everything that they've learned. Yeah. You know, try to orient them to what's more normal. I hate that word, Mm -hmm. but normal society after. Yeah. And like, um, like when I moved there, I was told by a bunch of people, you know, the mountain, she will, she'll kick you out, you know, she'll spit you out or she'll welcome you in as if she was a person. And, and that's when I started getting this idea that maybe she was a person, you know, maybe I should write about that. You know, she is a person who kind of decides whether you're going to be a tool of her revenge on someone, or if she is going to get her revenge through, your own nature you know Hmm. and stuff and that's what I think about too and um you know because there's also you know I don't think I've ever met a bruja but there there are brujas which are um you know the I guess that would be the Spanish Hispanic Chicano uh version of um um, a witch Mm -hmm. you know and stuff um there's different things like that that also um exist there 
in the valley and um but a lot of that stuff you know I just know through asking some questions and I certainly don't know enough about because it's not you know my culture whenever I write because um it's impossible to write about the valley without including some of the culture yeah but you really I had to really do homework I had to send send my stuff out to people for a sensitivity read you know to make mm-hmm. sure that I was respecting you know the cultures that I was writing about yeah. but there would be impossible because the, it's such a diverse um mixture of people you know and and a lot of people who have very ancient roots there you know mm-hmm. and stuff and um hopefully someone way better than me will come through and tell some of those stories that aren't mine to tell because there's just that valley is just so full of those things you know those wonderful stories they've been telling for who knows how long you know Mm -hmm. if you keep on hearing that snorting it's it's my my great pyrenees i don't know if you can (laughs) totally out cold (laughs) is she just snoring so loud (laughs) i need to get journey a bed to keep in here because he's okay if he's like laying behind me while I'm in the chair doing Mm -hmm. things Um, he doesn't like it so much if he has to like go somewhere else and he usually decides for himself when I've been recording long enough because Mm -hmm. he'll come in here and start like chasing his tail behind me or get like a really loud squeaker toy like he'll he'll find some way to let me know that time's up Mm -hmm. okay yeah mine has a giant bed in my room but it's so hot right now I have the air conditioning on so oh really yeah I think we're good it was like 83 this morning at 10 o'clock in the morning I don't even know how hot it got but it got Mm. super hot today I was just like dang okay we hit I'd say probably it's 75 right now outside (laughs) Yeah, we hit a, I'd say we probably hit upper 70s and it was like full on sun, which felt great, um, but it still kind of also feels weird for the mm-hmm. beginning of November. And I keep hearing that through like the farmer's almanac and stuff like that, apparently we're supposed to have a horrible winter this year. Mm. Are I, you, are you in the Midwest? I'm in Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. So, I was like, you sound, you sound, you sound a little bit, uh. Illinois. So I'm originally from upstate New York and then okay. I spent a couple of years in California and then I landed here. So okay. I've kind of bounced all over the place. Tennessee has got all sorts of crazy stuff too, don't it? It's yes. I have, I want to say next week, um, I've actually got someone from Chattanooga that I'm going to talk to, which is like okay. two ish hours from me. So mm. I'm excited to hear some of the more local stories um I think probably the biggest one is like the bell witch that's out near Nashville um Mm -hmm. most everyone's caught something about that one at one point or another so looking forward to the the ones that she mentioned are surprisingly close to me and I hadn't heard of them so I was like oh Oh, okay I (laughs) I wonder how many things there are that I have uh have not heard of Mm -hmm. that are supposed to be poking around out here so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like really strange it would get funny because um like when I lived in the San Luis Valley like my students they know I walk my dog and I walk around the Rio Grande mm-hmm. and stuff and 
they would be like, miss, don't walk there at, you know, after the sun goes down. I'd be like, why? And they're like, la, la, Rona. Oh, no. Rona's going to get you. Um, and I don't know if they were, I think they were mostly teasing me, but that oh. the minute they started doing that, then I was just like, you know, a little bit more aware. Actually, it probably saved me one day because one day I was walking with my dog, with my daughter, and we saw something that probably we thought looked, say, like your dog, uh-huh. like something playing or a deer. We thought maybe it's just a deer, you know, playing. And we're like, man, that thing's kind of moving kind of funny. What is that? And stuff. And I just got that, you know, kind of, mm, you know, what is that? Yeah. And it actually was a mountain lion. Oh, man. And but it was far enough away, you know, because finally it slowed down and we saw it kind of turn like kind of graceful and the tail followed and it's like that's no good <laughs> we're gonna it's, stop and turn around <laughs> yeah it's not a water witch but we are definitely going down here behind this <laughs> gate <laughs> and stuff I actually got pictures of it and everything and we're like oh crap you know because so, definitely it's a valley that has some you know the 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 real monsters or the adorable creatures as long as you don't have to experience them firsthand you know the bears and mm-hmm. <clears throat> mountain lion and stuff like that and that's one thing that we have because i'm probably like 40 minutes from like gatlinburg pigeon forge the huge touristy mm-hmm. area and of course between the fires a few years ago and mm-hmm. how much that area relies on tourism they just keep building and building and building and there's like every year there's some tourist that gets attacked by a bear because they decided they were going to try and feed it. And mm. of course, at that point, the bear gets euthanized. And I'm like, man, like, it's, yeah. it's no surprise to people how this happens. You know, we are invading mm-hmm. their territory. Like, why? Come on. Yeah. Use our brain for a minute. Like, you kind of deserve to get bitten at that point. Mm. But of course, it's the bear that, you know, it always comes back to. I have family that lives in Townsend. Oh, that's like Mm -hmm. yeah. My (laughs) my family, um, my family every summer would go down to the Great Smoky Mountains and Townsend and Cherokee and all those places. Like every summer, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, my mom, my my family still does. I haven't been there honestly since I was probably I don't even know nineteen twenty something like that. I'm really old, so that was. Yeah, I'm like I'm in Maryville, so I'm like okay. 20 minutes outside of Knoxville, and it's okay. I mean, I love it. It's just big enough that pretty much everything I need is either right here or in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's you've got the mountains right there, and it's just I like to hike. So mm-hmm. and he likes. I do too. Um, now in New Orleans, I I walk a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I don't really get to hike per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know I guess uh, we have pretty big parks and stuff here and you can walk along the river and oh, that's good. and whatnot and there's nothing like walking around my neighborhood at night um because they still all have the so many people have the gas um lighting on their really? porches yeah so you feel like you're walking in Anne Rice oh you know, so cool um book when you're walking at night and everything but um yeah, definitely gets you thinking of some of the things here, you know. And of course, you know, all the vampire 
stories. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about the, I was saying it right before Lugaru. Did I say it right? Uh, I think the werewolf. So. <laughs> the Cajun. So. Cajun Creole um, werewolf. One of, actually, the last episode that just came out, um, Ezekiel Kincaid is from like Southwest Louisiana area. Oh, okay. Um, so that came up a little bit with him. But I'll he have was to talking listen to that. Yeah, it was it was really entertaining. Um, and I think I totally skipped right over asking about your history as a horror fan. Oh, um, I mean, my mom growing up had me watching The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, like I I watch I don't even know how I watched it because my mom did not allow anything over a G rating. So maybe I just snuck in while maybe she was watching it or was at a friend's house or something, you know, watch Exorcist and mm-hmm. that scared the crap out of me. Poltergeist scared the crap out and pretty much anything scared the crap out of me. Um, cause my family is very, very, um, evangelical Christian. Uh-huh. And so fear of the devil was real you know and I also I'm old enough to remember satanic panic and all that kind of stuff you know (laughs) and then my mom became a missionary so then you know my um my I had a very healthy fear of the devil you know growing up and I you know you could I could always creep myself out in so many ways um (laughs) and then I kind of got away from horror like as a genre like I didn't really want to watch a whole lot of horror um Mm -hmm. it actually took going through through some crazy stuff I think um in the San Luis Valley and um I don't know I guess I kind of started watching and reading horror to try and understand some of the things that I and my family were going through (laughs) I'll leave it um but um but then I got um, to see my mentor, uh, Mario Isavito and Stephen Graham Jones, um, get up during my MFA program in Denver. And, um, they both read from, you know, their work, which is primarily, you know, um, Mario has, he has a Chicano vampire called Felix, you know, yeah. and coyote. So he works in like, he works in indigenous myths into his vampire stories which is really cool uh-huh. um, and then um and then of course Stephen Graham Jones is just whenever he tells a tale it's always gonna terrify you um and so you know I realized I could tell what I want the story I wanted to tell was going to be told through horror and by doing that then I started reading um a lot of Stephen Graham Jones um Josh Mallerman, um, Gambino Iglesias, lots of Mario's work, even though he wouldn't let me use it in my studies too much, but since he was my mentor, he's like, you can't study that. (laughs) But, um, um, I just started reading and then I was reading classics too. Um, you know, of course, Edgar Allan Poe, but I was reading like Carmela, um, which is an earlier vampire tale than Dracula. Mm-hmm. and stuff so I really got into the classics a lot though and I'm actually a part of my I'm working my doctorate now and some oh. of my interest is is I'm going through obscure texts all the time and I'm always on the hunt for some old forgotten ghost story or gothic tale or 
you know, different things like that. That's awesome. You know, so, um, you know, that, that's kind of what kind of got me started. And I think I spent so much of my time being so afraid of demons and the devil and Satan and everything like that, that, um, that never quite left, you know, it's like, I'm not religious anymore, but, um, but that, that fear, that fear of the unknown, you know, Mm -hmm. But I also like writing in that because there's like no boundaries there. You can explore things fully. It's it's a genre that you can talk about things, for instance, like, um, you know, topics that are important to women and equality and different things like that and be able to explore them in new and interesting ways that might reach a lot more people, you know? Mm. Yeah, that is definitely like I... I wasn't as I've always been consistent with enjoying reading horror, but mm-hmm. watching it, I've kind of been back and forth. So the last like, oh my god, it's November. Um, for the <laughs> last like year or so, I have been consuming like so many horror movies. Uh, I can't even, I don't even know how many at this point. So it's been it was really cool. Like when I saw the original Nosferatu and. Uh-huh you know, how effective that was for as old as it is. Yeah. Um, And getting into, you know, seeing how kind of every decade seems to do things differently. But, you know, regardless of what subgenre you're talking about in horror, I mean, it's, it is limitless. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I guess, oh, go ahead. Like the monster changes and, and adjust, you know, to the Mm -hmm. times you know, there's always a boogeyman. There's always something we're scared of. There's always a lot of like taboos or things that are not to be talked about and maybe they should be, but they aren't. And yeah. so they, they're, they're put in this like liminal space outside of us. that's dark and murky and everything. And that's where we pull the monsters out from. Mm-hmm. And usually we pull monsters from our experience though, yeah. you know, so we pull vampires, we pull werewolves, it's amazing that, um, you know, like vampires and werewolves exist in some form and everywhere, you know, they might have a different name or something, but the idea of something that can drink your blood or something that becomes a beast in the night, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's like a universal theme, you know, that speaks to a lot of things we find to be a problem or, something we don't want to talk about you know and so we use these monsters to describe it and I find that really really interesting I find it really interesting that you know certain monsters and sightings happen in increments of time when people might be more sensitive to certain issues and stuff too so like does our do we call them up from the dark Mm. you know yeah and stuff do we call do we do we call them into being just because of the choices that we're making or you know oppression or whatever we're doing as a society you know Mm -hmm. um because they do exist and maybe maybe they're not real right but they they (laughs) could (laughs) but they might be and then you know like what is it? What's the magic word? What's the thing we do? You know, what blood was sacrificed to bring them, you know, a new version of a vampire 
mm-hmm. awake on the national psyche or a werewolf, you know, it's just, it's, it's exciting to me in a way to like, look at that because when you see a monster appear, there's usually something going on that needs to be addressed. Yeah. It's like that physical representation of everything that they're battling, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. One of my favorites actually comes from that same podcast, the uh, comedy history one. And that particular episode is called the American Vampire Panic. And it's about in the Northeast, like late 1800s, some as early as the early 1900s with tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're sleeping 10, 12 people crammed into a single room. And of course they have no concept of illness, disease, airborne, contact droplets any of that so they just assumed every time somebody else got sick that it was a vampire so they're like Mm -hmm. digging up bodies and burning them and like cutting out the hearts and everything else so it just yeah I was I was I'm actually reading um speaking of vampires I started reading um the I've been reading a history on the blood countess Mm. Um, Elizabeth Bathory mm -hmm. (sighs) mm-hmm And um, so I'm reading a a novel or not a novel. It's actually a study done um, on her and, um, you know, it was updated. So I'm reading the second edition now and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, and a lot of her story has to do with, you know, women in power and everything like that, you know? And um, I find it really interesting though, like in the beginning in in early documents and stuff she has this son that's mentioned and then he's not mentioned anymore he's just he disappears yeah he's not in the end he's not in her will because she she was bricked up you know with like a small slot like that's legit happened to her Uh and uh people brought her food and everything and stuff but she was able to write a will and everything but this son he didn't die in infancy he actually is recorded as getting married at a young age but then he just disappears from everything but he's not mentioned as dying or anything like that I'm like that's so weird hmm yeah yeah I'm a sucker for those kinds of histories and stuff too because I'm just yeah. like what's going on was she really bathing in the blood of peasant girls I don't know if I believe that but uh-huh. you know but a lot of other stuff a lot of politics and different things were going on and then you know a story just takes on a life you know, of its own and just grows and grows and grows. And that's like the really neat about like oral tales and, and stuff like that. Like, if you think, did you ever read Beowulf? Uh, I did back in high school. So it's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking of Beowulf too, like Beowulf, the monster, you know, who's supposed to be, you know, the son of Cain or whatever. And, you know, his mother's a witch and everything like that. And I'm thinking, mm. oh gosh, like that's so interesting that it, that you know it's the it's Cain the son of Cain yeah and this is one of the oldest English you know tales in very old English but you know that we have but orally down through the years it's come down to us as this version you know with dragons and the you know Grindel and mm-hmm. all of that um you know it just goes to to say you know that like something was going on yeah you know, to make a tale take on that kind of life. And I just find that utterly 
Interesting. So it's not exactly always like wonderful storytelling on the page. Sometimes it's just we've embellished it and made it so convincing and scary that, you know, we keep on passing it down. It's like a historic game of telephone where the first person says something and every time it's repeated, there's something else. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. Just makes me wish like to have it all written down and you could just see step by step by step where everything changed. I think that Mm -hmm. would be phenomenal. But of course, it's a little harder to do together (laughs) when that's not what we have access to. Yeah. No, I, I just, you know, it's just stuff like that I live for. I, I realize there's someone else's story, someone else's rendition of a monster. You know, I have an elk monster mm. um, in one of my stories um, that is really just like the bull elk. It's like, think of a bull elk bugling, willing to kill, to get at, you know, and stuff. And the bull elk in mine is showing this really toxic form of fatherhood mm-hmm. you know but i i create this this like elk monster out of it and everything i did that and then luckily it's so much different but i had already written that story and then um stephen grand jones book came out that also has an elk mother monster and it was like okay at least it's a girl <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i was just using the the animal's of the valley wasn't yeah that was so crazy <laughs> every time i think of elk um did you watch the ritual uh-huh it's been a little bit and you know what i didn't finish it that movie i got to out. the it wasn't because i didn't like it it got to the um cabin mm-hmm. and then my internet was acting funny and yeah. i never got back to it but it was also getting like kind of super scary <laughs> it, <laughs> so yeah I, I was like welcoming the break <laughs> I I wanted to watch it so bad but I couldn't at the time like I could not watch horror movies by myself so I had to have one of my friends come over and watch it with me so that I could watch it and did yeah, it get, did it get as scary as I thought it was gonna get yes okay absolutely <laughs> I guess I need to I need to check that out because I was just like oh no oh something bad and then my internet went out and I was uh-huh. like, okay <laughs> it's a sign <laughs> take a break yeah no it uh it was it was really good in terms of not necessarily ecological but just the sense of nature and the old gods you know coming back to lay down the law so to speak. yeah I, I love that like theme obviously because I used it and mine but I love it in in so many other movies just that idea of like nature and like the earth has been here and it will probably be here after we're all gone you know what I mean mm-hmm. like um the earth being able to inflict damage I guess in a way too you know and get revenge or whatever mm-hmm. and, you know some of our stories our earliest stories even going as far back as like Sumerian and stuff like that, we've had stories about, you know, the earth getting angry too, you know, that we've always told. So it's really interesting, especially with, you know, things like climate change and different things like that coming up and people arguing back and forth. And it's like, you know, the earth is angry. It's just angry. 
the Mississippi are the Mississippi is so low right now that my water in New Orleans tastes like salt because the ocean is actually getting into our water supply. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. She's getting angry. Right. <laughs> All the wildfires, like oh yeah. Everything. The weather's been so weird the last few years. Yeah. Um there was, used to be a show on, I want to say it was a history channel. I think it was called like Life After People. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, yeah, I was obsessed with that show where they pick that whatever city and they're like, okay, here's year one without people. Here's year five. And it's just mm-hmm. amazing to see. Because I mean, I feel like obviously nobody knows for sure what would happen and they're all estimations. But, you know, with the way nature overtakes things, like I can definitely see that happening and happening quickly. You mm-hmm. know, if we're out of the way to. I actually um I had I had one of my classes watch that because we were reading um Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Mm. Talk about a creepy book. Have you ever read that? Uh-uh. I'll have to add that another one to add to my list. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like basically already something has happened and it's a father and son mm. going through this, you know, post apocalyptic oh, landscape. That and it's theme. It's um it's heart-wrenching it really is but um it won the Pulitzer I think it was the Pulitzer's Prize um it's really really good um but I had them watching that I had my students watch that too it's like okay so if we are in the picture Mm -hmm. what could happen you know and stuff because no one like we're always so close to that you know and maybe that's just because I grew up and you know I was still hiding under desks in third and fourth grade (laughs) (laughs) the Soviets yeah. Um, but, um, but, uh, you know, it's always, it's always on the mind when you have crazy people like, you know, Putin, <laughs> Who could, yeah. you know, just a pride thing, decide to push a button, you know, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. I'm it's trying just... to remember, I want to say it might've been Einstein. There's some quote about you know, they don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four is going to be fought with sticks and stones. Like, we just have so much everything right now that, I mean, why, why do we need anything like that to begin with? Yeah, yeah. Then how do, you, how do you determine who should and shouldn't have it, and who's the one to determine where those boundaries are and enforce mm-hmm. them? And yeah. Well, and you know, that, that's going to be, you know, so many of like the movies that talk about the world after World War Three or, you know, after a bomb's been detonated and stuff like that, they also have like their own um, mythologies and stuff that are, that are perpetrated from the sins of our generation, you know, and their reimaginings of what it would be like like you know like Mad Max and different things you know all those kinds of movies and stuff so maybe some of these scary you know cryptids and monsters and different things like that come out of this need to warn the next generation you know if you aren't careful if you don't respect blah 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 you know the skinwalkers will come get you or you know a vampire will come get you or um what is it um there's the I've been looking at this other monster it's a Jewish Portuguese monster and um 
they have another name, but they're basically goat suckers. They're called the goat suckers. Mm. And uh, Portuguese and Jewish mothers would warn their children if you don't behave, that you know the goat sucker will come and get you. And they basically were, were like a vampire, just more looking like a crazy chupacabra or something, sucking mm. suck blood. That was also my dog throwing mm. her body on the floor. <laughs> But of course, unfortunately, I feel like humans are notoriously bad at learning from the past and taking advice and learning mm-hmm. from mistakes. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I think um, I'm fascinated by all those stories. I'm always looking for new things, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I wonder about them, like why you know well you know like the the fringe brought their ideas of the werewolf here you know and it perpetrated you know as you had with your last guest I think talking about it Mm. and stuff what was the purpose of bringing that monster along yeah you know and stuff what what was the idea behind that you know and it stayed because it's definitely something that's definitely down here you know yeah one of my guilty pleasures is Ancient Aliens. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that show so much. And I mean, there's episodes where, of course, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, my gosh, these guys are so far out in left field. Like, they're they're kind of stretching on this one. But then, you know, it gets into kind of similar with there being, like, vampires in every culture. Like, you you see these things that different cultures did back before there was any kind of communication and they're doing the mm-hmm. same things and you know pyramids like what happened that all of these different cultures were building pyramids like all at the same time and lining them up certain ways mm-hmm. that's did stuff. you ever watch uh the newer not not the 1970s or 80s version or whatever it was the Battlestar Galactica uh-uh uh I love that show um, so much um it was the newer one and then um at the end so you know the earth the earthlings are trying to or the the humans are trying to find earth they're being followed by the robotic you know cylons that they created that are trying to kill them all off and everything and then they finally find earth and they after a long i don't even know how many seasons eight seasons or more they finally find earth and land and then um off in the distance on earth they see hum you know like early humans walking mm-hmm. around and stuff and then the cylon tells talks to um gaius i think and she's like you know she's like oh this has all happened before you know and i was like how done. trippy is that you know that this uh. before you know and then I think of like Lovecraft, you know, and the stories that he tells. Mm. And like, you know, when he was writing those tales, they must have been, I mean, they're still terrifying, you know, yeah. um, but they had to be scarier back then. But some of the things that he's wrote about, we could almost equate with things in our modern world, you know, mm. was he a sightseer? What's going on with that? <laughs> you know, right and stuff I was thinking of like you know the mountains of madness and everything and he's talking about these you know monsters and and actually that was the story that the thing was based off of 
Mm. Like um, the movie, um, the thing. And mm. I was just like, oh, you know, what was he thinking when he wrote that? And, and um, you know, and just, I don't know. I just, I like to think about like, like horror, like early horror, like what influence it had on the future. And you mm. might not know that the thing and um, what was the other one? There was another one with Nicolas Cage, um, with purple. I think what it's called. I love Nicolas Cage so much, but it was kind of a horror. Is the color of space. Oh, color colors out of space. Color yeah. out of space. So the colors that out of was, space oof. are very Lovecraftian, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing is Lovecraftian, and you know, but it was just a. It's like a reimagination of an early you know it's yeah. it's not the same story it's just been changed you know to weird us out now but i mean you know we can't say that an asteroid full of weird purple stuff um doesn't land in someone's alpaca farm <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know uh, it just it starts off so funny because you're like what is happening right now mm-hmm. and then it just escalates so fast Mm. Well, then I was thinking of a like a. It was quite the sensation, um, and it still freaks me out. Is Bird Box? Yeah, you know Josh Mallerman's Bird Box. That that's nuts. Like, I mean, and it. I think it. It was scary to me before, but after, you know, like going through COVID, it's even more scary to me because obviously, viruses and weird things can mutate. Mm-hmm. you know what if it hadn't been a cold what if it had taken all of our sight we wouldn't necessarily need monsters we would just Ugh. be you know god knows what yeah. <laughs> you know? permanently in the dark yeah i think that's the the neat thing about writing horror or consuming it in general is just like the rationale of what could happen mm-hmm. you know what could happen what what it would take just small tiny changes to turn something into something that's horrific that we would have to try and survive through the stand was my favorite book growing up i had the average version and Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i used to just spend so much time thinking about that and then of course when 2020 hit i was like whoo well (laughs) yeah i was thinking the same thing i'm like uh i'm on the wrong side of the mountain right (laughs) (laughs) Um, my sister is actually on the right side of the mountain I was on the wrong side of the mountain <laughs> and I, yeah I totally was thinking about that I was like oh my gosh so trippy yeah I love uh, that he actually had to come out and be like no <laughs> this is this is not related <laughs> I know but especially you know like he starts a he he starts it off with a flu. Other people do too, and mm. that comes out of all the plague stories and you know that we have. That's another generational kind of you know thing, mm. you know that just mute it mutates, yeah, <laughs> and changes for the time. You know, mm. just like a virus, I guess. <laughs> and that so much of that starts with human stupidity. Mm-hmm. A feeling of superiority that yeah. we seem to think that we are better than every other organism mm-hmm. on the planet and then you know kind of similar to some of the eco 
<laughs> I'm boring him, apparently. He's um, like, yeah, I'm all done. You're right. all done, mom. <laughs> with uh, with some of the ego horror and like Mother Nature getting her revenge. I mean, it's like the same, same thing. Like because we seem to think that <clears throat> we're smarter than everything else. Easy well, if you you think about too, like um, you know, like bees. I forget what the percentage of bees are Af- Africanized now um, in Arizona, and you know, and then that they're just slowly taking over regular honeybee hives, and uh, you know, I'm like, that's legit horror. I can't imagine something that would scare me more than than having a bunch of crazy killer bees after me, you know, like there's horror movies about killer bees. So, (laughs) you know, and like just the modifications and the stuff we're doing is just, you know. Mm -hmm. And how it seems like we just develop more and more allergies to everything around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I am definitely in the genre that keeps on the world keeps on giving me stories, you know, to tell. All right. <laughs> so. Just no shortage of material. Mm-mm, not at all. Not at all. Not for us. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I know one movie that's most people that saw it weren't huge fans, but The Happening with Mark Wahlberg, where mm-hmm. like the wind blows just right and there's some kind of pollen or something in the air and people just start killing each other and killing themselves and that's like mother nature's way of calling the population mm-hmm. so, anything like that i mean even if it's not presented in a way that seems terrifying if you stop and think about it it is legit terrifying mm-hmm. well yeah because the happening you know um like bird box and um what was the other one? Oh, i can't think of the other one there was another one that freaked me out so bad and I can't think of which one it was. It was around the same time. I can't think of what it was. But, you know, the idea of, yeah, like something just getting into the psyche and losing control because that is definitely something we're all afraid of. I mean, you know, people use drugs or get drunk or whatever to kind of release the idea of, of control over one's body, but it still doesn't equate what utter madness is yeah and stuff and how how simple would would it be Mm -hmm. that is kind of a daunting man you're giving me all sorts of uh, ideas that need to (laughs) (laughs) feel free to use all you want (laughs) (laughs) you're like thank you you'll be in my next you know author's note thank you so much (laughs) for helping me come up with this idea I've kind of been toying with the idea of like, because I've had so many great stories so far of possibly doing an anthology, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it wouldn't be one that I could really like open up other than to people who have been on the podcast, but to have them write like a story version of, you know, some of the stories that they've had to, had to tell. So it wouldn't be anytime soon because I've got way too much on my plate already, but it's Mm kind of like, hanging out in the back and mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a lot of fun because there's just so many different ways to to run with it mm-hmm. and I feel like at this point it's been established that most ghost stories from like the 17 and 1800s come from men either not showing up 
or from being con artists and disappearing before they get married. So mm-hmm. there's that. It's freaking men. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it, there's just been like it's it's funny to hear like the themes that pop up from all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to hit all 50 states. I still have cool. to go, um, but I've got one. I've got a couple scheduled for Ireland. I've had some from the UK. Iceland is scheduled, I think, next week. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm like drooling at the prospect of hearing these stories from. Oh yeah. From all over. With it some- would be really cool if you could record, you know, record mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Of, you know, get something down, or even you know, um, transcribing your podcast mm-hmm. and putting that into book form too. And adding to it, you could put your own research in. That would be awesome. I never thought of that one. Now you're giving me ideas. (laughs) Well, I'm like, you know, first I like to write my horror stories, but I I really love the research part too, Mm. you know, and everything. I really get into the research part. Oh, yeah. It's so um, much fun when you find a good rabbit hole to. to Do you remember um, this probably way beyond your time but like time magazine or something like that had like this whole supernatural like book set you could get and it'd be like ghosts and like phantoms and werewolves and you know um I'm different to i don't know this would have been like early 90s late 80s kind of thing um they were just like the time magazine like books on weird things Hmm. you know (laughs) kind of like their version now of like 101 most haunted places in america and stuff like that yeah yeah that kind of stuff you know um but they would collect all these stories and put them in these um i'm so dating myself right now (laughs) (laughs) but they would put them in these these uh and only like a couple people i knew actually got them so whenever i found a friend who had them i'd just be sitting and reading and reading and oh yeah just like totally obsessed like I feel like kids these days miss out because I used to spend my summer break sitting there with you know a different installment different edition of the encyclopedia just go oh, pick yeah, a yeah. random letter and just start flipping through stuff and, I did that too uh, girl after my own heart I did that too I was just like I was so into reading those and I love the library mm-hmm. I just you know and it wasn't just horror I read I read a lot of fantasy and and uh, mm-hmm. westerns that's why I'm so messed up it was it was you know ghost stories fantasy and Mm. and westerns i read i would say (laughs) it was like stephen king and then the redwall abbey books Mm -hmm. i loved those all my stuffed animals were named after characters in those books and everything so i was just like and then i got into goosebumps after a while but instead Mm -hmm. of starting with goosebumps and then graduating to stephen king i started with stephen king and then went back to goosebumps and yeah kind of backtracked a little bit there so I was all over the place but, all right well he is starting to fuss at me so okay. you have so this one I'm trying to think of how far up the lineup I am um I believe this might be late December early January okay um so what do you have that will be coming out at that point or your most recent books that are I know Blood Mountain is one I need to get myself a copy of that um, um, just shoot me shoot me I'll just I can send do you read pdfs at all 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can I can just send you a PDF of the book. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um I can say, um I don't have anything because this just came out in June, so all my energy oh. is going into pushing this. I did just finish a novel, but um I have it with sensitivity readers because I, um it's still of the valley. Um, mm. but it has a it has one indigenous character and then some another character who is um her father's white but her mother is um chicano hispanic Mm. and so it's with sensitivity readers right now because it does have some spanish and my spanish isn't great Um, (laughs) so i want to make sure that they're authentic and i'm speaking to the culture and stuff like that so um i don't know when that one will come out but it's getting close to being ready to be hunting down its next its home to live um, <laughs> well i'll definitely uh touch base with you before this comes out because i like to get a link of everybody's socials and stuff like that oh, to yeah. um to hook up with that so that people can find your work um trying to think yeah. and i'll send you a pdf that's no problem oh that'd be awesome i'm sure i'm forgetting something but it's i'll warn you it's very gruesome but um perfect <laughs> Someone called it a literary uh, grotesque. (laughs) That is, it never fails to amaze me, like, what we consider compliments in the horror community. I know. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'll take that, because I definitely have enough school debt that um, you could call it literary all you want, and I know it's grotesque, (laughs) because I've given it to, like, older family members and I'm like you can have a copy but don't you dare read it <laughs> don't you dare consider um, this your warning <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but it actually you'll see it's um it goes it, it goes it it starts way in the past and actually it's kind of like that oral tale kind of thing we were talking about so it starts in the past oh, yeah. um in in the stories and moves through time but the all throughout the whole thing is um an undersheriff who's kind of telling the oh. tale um of all his experiences, like the tales his grandfather told him or different cases he was on and stuff like that. Like he's considering awesome. all this as he's contemplating making a very bad choice. Because <laughs> it it's freaked him out so much he just can't take it anymore. He's just mm. tired. So, um, but yeah, I'll send you a PDF of it and you can definitely let me know what you think. Yeah, I very much look forward to that, especially, like I said, after reading uh, Black Gold and 101 Proof Horror, I was like, damn, that is, <laughs> that is one I actually, that I have never seen. I rewrote it a little bit for this book. So you'll have to tell me, you'll have to read it in the um, Blood Mountain and tell me what you think of the changes. I didn't change it too okay, much, yes. but. Um, my mentor at, at my MFA got a hold of it. He's like, you need to do this and you need to do this. <laughs> Which is right. You know, he's like yes, a best-selling sir. author. I guess I should listen. Right. So, um, but yeah, I'll send you a copy. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. I very much look forward to reading that. And let me know when it's coming out because not only will Aaron push it, but um, um, I will. And um, we have the Burial Plot Horror Podcast, and we we definitely oh, like cool. to boost other people's uh, podcasts as well. Oh, awesome! I will go find that and follow that, and uh, give you guys a listen too. Okay, maybe uh, maybe we grab you um, 
as uh, you can tell us what you're up to with the podcast. Oh, sweet. I never have time. All about doing that. I love like going to see what everybody else is doing. I I never in a million years thought I would be running my own podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still at this point don't entirely believe that I'm running my own podcast. Uh, so <laughs> it's always we, fun to like talk to other people about ours feels a little bit like this it's just two old ladies and our coffee and just we're chilling. just yeah we're just chilling and talking about projects and we're really about uplifting especially women mm-hmm. uh, that are working in the horror genre or dark fiction it doesn't necessarily have to just be horror but um mm-hmm. but we like to um uplift our uh, the ladies and that's awesome whatnot. yeah I've been you know everybody's like oh okay you know what kind of structure do you have and I'm like structure is overrated like mm-hmm. I just want it to be people just chilling having a conversation about things that they enjoy and you know mm-hmm. hopefully be a little educational for people while still just wait until fun. you get that one the one person who's like nagging you nagging you can you edit this out can you edit this out oh my um, gosh can you can you, um, I don't think I, I sounded good there. Could you like, you know, <laughs> I'm really, really, really hoping that I, don't... I've only had two guests like that. Uh-huh. And, um, we, we managed to get them happy again. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's got to be a diva. Oh, that is terrifying. Gotta be one. That is horror <laughs> right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, um, I'll reach out to you. Um, I'm in the middle of editing a show too, but, um, that we just recorded yesterday, yesterday morning, but, um, I'll I'll reach out to you about coming on our show. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I very much appreciate you coming on to chat with me because I haven't had anybody from that region at all, actually. And I feel like there's so much there to get Mm -hmm. into. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to. There's probably others who could tell you even, and honestly, it would be something like my co-host is Joy Yaley, and Mm -hmm. she is, I think she's Apache, Apache and Chicano and something and stuff. And um, she just knows her family's actually from the Valley. Oh yeah. Too. And, but she lives closer to Denver, but she has some crazy stories of the Valley too, that I'm sure. She would share as well. <laughs> yeah, I might have to have to she'll tell me. you if we have you on the show, she's just gonna be oh yeah, I got a story <laughs> for that. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I yeah, I very much appreciate you coming on. It's I had a lot of fun. It was a very good conversation. Yeah, thank and you. I will probably be reaching out to pick your brain at some point since it sounds like we are interested in so many of the same things. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Don't hesitate. Um yeah, I'm on I think I'm actually under my own name on Facebook and what remains to be Twitter right now. <laughs> right. Um, and I think it's the same thing on Instagram, but you can always email too. Okay. And, yeah, stuff. and if you had any hiccups, we've been doing burial plot for two, almost two years now. Oh, all right. And stuff. So yeah, if you're like bumping into something and you're like, Oh, what to do this is crazy. <laughs> this guest is being a jerk. What should I do? Um, SOS. Yeah, we've actually taken down a show from a guy who turned out to be a real. Oh, Ill. wow. Yeah, he got super abusive to people on the social websites. And we were like, nope, we're jerking your whole show down, man. Mm-hmm. And stuff. So Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-mm, no, 
Awesome. Uh, well, this is really cool. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're able to come on and he said, yeah. we'll definitely be in touch and all that good stuff. So yeah, I, uh, uh, I've been writing a paper all day, so I totally get you. <laughs> it's, it's bedtime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally well, if I remember, oh, I'm sure I'll remember it at about three o'clock in the morning. Um, okay. Just so. <laughs> email. No problem. <laughs> we'll do. All right. Well, uh, you enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, I'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.